Everyone experiences stress from time to time. Everyone. The human body is designed to respond to situations. From the time I took this dumbbell, my body prepared itself to handle the weight. My muscles and my bones and everything about me started to get ready to handle the weight of the dumbbell. So when we experience changes or challenges, we will call them stressors. Our bodies produce physical and mental responses to new situations. It's just automatic. It just happens. According to the Medline Plus website, stress is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. When there is a tension and you feel it, you are stressed. The World Health Organization website defines stress as a state of worry or mental tension caused by a difficult situation. The NCI dictionary describes stress as the body's response to physical, mental, or emotional pressure. Even though most Bible translations don't use the term stress, we still find many instances of men and women of God experiencing stress in the Bible. The New English Translation, NET, translated 1 Samuel chapter 1, 15 as follows. But Hannah replied, that's not the way it is, my Lord. I'm under a great deal of stress, Hannah said. I have drunk neither wine nor beer. Rather, I have poured out my soul to the Lord. The term stress as an emotional problem was created by the endocrinologist Hans Selye in 1936, who defined it as the non-specific response of the body to any demand to change. I will say that again. Non non-specific response of the body to any demand for change. Who demands the change? If stress is the response to demand for change, who demands the change? Sometimes the demand or the pressure can be external. From other people, People want you to do something. People want you to change and you feel the pressure. But sometimes the demand can be internal, yourself. You can put yourself under pressure. The pressure may come from people who expect you to do something or to behave in a particular way or to become someone. They want you to become or the pressure may come from within ourselves when we, we put pressure on ourselves to do something or to behave in a particular way or become someone. But not all stress is bad. The right amount of stress, as most of you may know, is good for growth. Stress is good for growth. It's good for performance in school. It's good for performance at work. A little bit of pressure to perform well is good for you. It's good for relationships. 
Without any pressure for my wife, I would be working 24-7. But she puts pressure on me to stop and rest. It's good sometimes to have someone who puts pressure on you to do something right. It is okay. A little bit of pressure, a little bit of expectation. It's good for daily responsibilities to wake up in the morning and to know that you have to be at work at nine. It puts pressure on you to prepare and get there on time. Stress is not bad altogether. A little bit of pressure, a little bit of stress is good for life. It's good. It's good. It's healthy. As long as we manage the stressor. Stressor. As long as we manage the cause of stress, it's fine. The pressure becomes problematic when our body or mind fails to endure the stressor. My dumbbell was fine when I took it, when we started. I start, I've started now to feel the weight of it because I've held it for a long time. That means a small stress that is kept for a long time without being dealt with can become problematic. This was fine when I took it. Three kilos was nothing. But now I, <laughs> now I feel like maybe I should change the, the arm. I said you should encourage me, not punish me. You're punishing me. <laughs> a big or small expectation carried out for a long time can cause the same damage. Even if it's just a small expectation that you don't manage well, it can cause a big damage if you hold it, if you keep it for a long time without dealing with it properly. So the best way for me to deal with this dumbbell now is to put it down. Ah, look, expectation from people. From people, you see? You see how people can kill you? First Samuel chapter 1, 1 to 17. There was a man from Marathim, Zophim, in the hill country of Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Eph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, the first named Hannah and the second Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah was childless. This man would go up from his town every year to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of armies at Shiloh where El Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were the Lord's priests. Whenever Elkanah offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to each of his, her, her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, for he loved her even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. Her rival would taunt her severely just to provoke her because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving. Year after year, when she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way. 
Hannah would weep and would not eat. Hannah, why are you crying? Her husband Elkanah would ask. Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better to you than ten sons? On one occasion, Hannah got up after they ate and drank at Shiloh. The priest, Eli, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pleaded. Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant affliction, remember and not forget me and give your servant a son. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and his hair will never be cut. While she continued praying in the Lord's presence, Eli watched her mouth. Hannah was praying silently. And though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to be drunk? Get rid of your wine. Oh, no, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Eli responded, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the request you've made of him. This story has four important characters. Elkanah, his wife Hannah, his second wife Penina, and the high priest Eli. Based on this passage, I will suggest three points on how to deal with stress. Three points, how to deal with stress, with pressure. And the first one is recognize your stresses. Recognize the source of your stress. Stress is a response to expectations. A response to expectations as we defined it. Expectations can come from your own standard or others. You can put pressure on yourself or other people can put pressure on you. Hannah lived under pressure. She was pressured by, the soci- by society's expectation that every married woman should have children. That was not from God. That was the society's expectation on Hannah. That pressure by itself was enough to cause damaging stress on her mind. People expected Hannah to have a child. Why? On top of society's expectation came her rival's mockery. Penina became a thorn in Hannah's life. Verse 7 says, E after E, when she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way. Year after year, Penina kept taunting Hannah. Another person's pressure on you. The pressure was not a one-time event. Penina taunted her year after year. I could imagine that the first year Hannah was able to ignore her. The first year. But maybe the second year, she reported her to her husband. But after many years, 
the pressure became unbearable. You know when it became unbearable? You know when? <laughs> it became unbearable when she internalized it. When the pressure became personal. When she put pressure on herself. When the pressure is from the community, she could still handle it. When the pressure was from Penina, she could still handle it. But when the pressure became internal, she could not handle it anymore. She internalized it. She put that same expectation on herself that she should deliver what the society, what society expects from her. Pressure from outside is bad. Pressure from someone else is bad. Pressure from yourself is deadly. It's that time that she exploded. I wonder how many times we struggle with stress because of expectations society put on us. We become so worried about what other people think or what they would say. We are concerned, so concerned about what others think of us. We become slaves of the mob. I must admit that there is a healthy level of consideration of your surrounding. I admit that. If you act irresponsibly, there is an expectation to the society for you to act in a particular way, responsibly, and you earn respect like that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about unrealistic expectations that can cause stress. That causes many breakdowns in our life. For example, unrealistic financial expectation. It makes people work too hard to the point of affecting their health and relationships. We become workaholic because of financial expectations that people put on us or ourselves. Unrealistic, unrealistic success expectation has turned us into slaves. Of work. Sadly, some people have gone too far to the point where they are trying to cope with unhealthy behaviors, including drinking too much alcohol, gambling, runaway shopping, or internet browsing, using drugs, or over overeating just to try to cope with life expectations. Pressure. Unrealistic marriage expectations. Many who got married believing their spouses are perfect. And they will never make a mistake. Like, you know, you are laughing. Because you know it's unrealistic. Very unrealistic. <laughs> if you expected her or him to... Fulfill, always meet your demands and, ex and, and, and expectations. You know by now how frustrated you are. Unrealistic religious expectations. Those who come to God expecting that all their problems will go away. Maybe you've been disappointed. And some people come to God and, 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 and they expect to be perfect and to be holy. Maybe the church puts pressure on you to behave in a holy way. Maybe yourself you think, for me to come to church, I have to be holy. All those unrealistic, unrealistic expectations have made us 
miserable. Because in reality, it's impossible. That's why we call them unrealistic. We create unnecessary pressure and stress on ourselves. Unrealistic parenting expectations. Parents who put unrealistic expectations on their children, forcing them to become someone they were not created to become. Both parents and children end up frustrated. Unrealistic expectations cause unhealthy stresses. There are so many stresses around us. The first step to managing stress is to recognize your stressors. Hannah recognized her stressor. Sometimes your stressors will be external. Sometimes they will be internal. But you need to recognize it. And sometimes the combination of both. Hannah's situation was a combination of internal and external stressors. She was tormented externally by Penin and internally by her own mind. Maybe that's where you are. Someone or something is tormenting you. And now you've made it personal. You've now started to torment yourself. You have to perform. You have to become. You have to behave in that way. Pressure and stress. But I'm glad she did not only recognize her stresses. She also realized when she reached her limit. She reached a point where she could not take it anymore. That will lead us to the second point, which is recognize your strength. An unrealistic expectation, by definition, is when there is pressure on you to deliver something beyond your capacity. Bearing a child for Hannah was outside Hannah's capacity. It was not her fault. The Bible says it clearly. God has clothed her womb. So Hannah, what do you want to do? If God has clothed something, why are you putting pressure on yourself? If God has closed the womb, why put pressure on yourself? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for things, but it's important to know that this is beyond me. This is beyond me. This thing, I cannot do it. It's beyond my ability. It's not my fault. Don't put pressure on yourself for something you cannot do. Recognize your strength. It's not your fault. It's unfair. It's cruel. It's unjust. To pressure anyone, including yourself, to deliver something beyond their capacity. It's unfair to put yourself under pressure for something beyond your capacity. If you want to manage stress, you need to recognize your weaknesses and strength. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 12 verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Even though Paul is not talking about stress, we can learn something from this passage. Thinking of yourself more highly than you should, you should think, leads you to taking on too much more responsibility than you can handle. It's when we set the bar too high that can be reached. It is when we expect our spouses, our children, or friends to be perfect. On the other hand, it's also problematic to think of yourself as lower than you should be. Low self-esteem will make you avoid opportunities. But because of low self-esteem, you will avoid those opportunities. You run away from them because you don't want any challenge. 
and high self-esteem or looking at yourself higher than you should make you take too much on you. That crushes you. Both overconfidence and low self-esteem do not glorify God. So Paul says, instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. What's your measure of faith? What can you bear? What can you handle? What's your measure of faith? What are you good at? What do you do well? How much stress can you endure? How much weight can you carry without hurting yourself? Even though you wanted me to hurt myself, I recognize my strength and put it down. How much can you carry? How much can you handle without hurting yourself? You know, we often ignore red flags. Your body will send you signals. It will tell you when you, when you are reaching the end. And the, the body will tell you when to rest. Your spouse will send you signals. Recognize red flags. Recognize your weaknesses. Recognize your strength. It's important to know what you are good at, what you are not good at. Acknowledge them and it's okay. Don't think highly of yourself. Don't think low of yourself. Both sides don't glorify God. To think low of yourself is a sin. To think high of yourself is a sin. They don't both honor the strength God has given to you. They don't both honor the creation you are in the eyes of God. Recognize your strength. Hannah recognized where she couldn't handle it anymore. She reached her limit. And then she said, I will move to my last step, which is recognize your savior. Who will take you out of that trouble? Recognize the way out, the exit. 15 to 17, no, my Lord, Hannah replied, I'm a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Eli responded, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the request you've been, you've made of him. Anna has been coming to the temple every year, according to the story. Every year. But this time, she decided to do something different this year. Anna decided not just to pray or complain to her husband. She decided to pour out her heart. Hmm. She was desperate. She knew that no one else could solve her problem. It was beyond her ability. It was beyond the husband's ability. It was beyond anybody's ability. She went to God to pour out her heart. Pouring out your heart is not a typical lazy kind of prayer. Pouring out your heart is praying with meaning. It is releasing the grievances, the pressure, the complaints, and the distress to God. It is letting God know exactly how you feel about the situation. Hannah cried before God. She brought her humiliation, her worries, and all her pain before God. Hannah used to cry before her husband. But this time, she took her cry to God. 
This time, she took it to God. Complaining to people is a sin. But complaining to God is prayer. God killed people, the Israelites, when they complained among themselves. Or they complained before Moses. Complaining to people is a sin. But complaining to God is prayer. Take all your anger, all your grievance, all your humiliation, all that you feel. Take it to God. God, I can't take this anymore. Listen to what people are saying about me. Listen to what people are saying about me, God. Lord, look at me. Remember me. Lord, remember me. Say those words to God. Do not pass me by. Pour your heart to God, not to people. Don't try to handle things that are beyond your abilities. Pour your heart to God. It is pride not to pray. It is arrogance not to pray. It is sending a message to God that you can handle it. That you are strong enough to handle life. It is arrogance to God to tell him you can handle things you, he knows you cannot. Prayer is the most sign of humility we can live by. When you pray, you are expressing your humility toward God. You are telling God, I cannot handle this without you. God is your helper. God is your savior. Whenever you feel trapped and pressured, run to him. Recognize your savior. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I'm lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This passage offers rest for those weary and burdened by sin or sorrow. But the most prominent thought in the people's mind at the time was that the burdens and the yoke of traditions and ordinances the Pharisees and scribes had imposed on their consciences was just too heavy. The people were living under tremendous stress, trying to keep up with the expectations of the law imposed by the religious leaders. And Jesus said, Come to me. Forget about their expectations. Come to me with all your stress. And I will give you rest. What does it mean? Jesus is saying, you will find rest when you understand that you cannot satisfy God's expectations society's expectations, your family's expectations, your friend's expectation, or even your own with your own strength. You cannot satisfy everybody, everybody's expectations by your own strength. You can't. It's just impossible. It's only through faith in Christ and by his grace alone, we can fulfill what we are called to accomplish in life. Abraham was qualified by trust only. He was not holy. David, like, I don't want even to talk about David's life. Moses had issues, big issues with anger, and, but they trusted God. In your stress, one thing you can do 
is to trust God. Pour your heart to God. Don't try to carry everything on your shoulders. I know you have targets. I know you have bills to pay. I know you have a house to, to, to finish to build. I know you have the car loan to pay. I know you have the expectation from the society. You have to pay your kids' bills. I know you have to pay the school fees. I know and your family in Africa is waiting for money. And your family in Indonesia is waiting for money. And your family in Philippines is waiting for money. And the one in Fiji, they are waiting for money. I know those in, they are waiting for money. Let's learn to trust God in the process. Sometimes it feels too much. Sometimes it feels too much. The pressure, the expectation is just too much on my head. And I'm God, I can't do this without you. Recognize your Savior. Bring your burden to him. And stop trying to fix it on your own. This is why prayer is necessary. Prayer is not just a way to get stuff from God. Prayer is the way to recharge ourselves. To get strength to climb that mountain. I will tell you one secret, church. Sometimes God removes the mountain in front of us. I love those moments when I just pray and I see the mountain. I love those moments. But sometimes God does not move the mountain and you have to climb it. And when you have to climb it, what you need is the strength to climb. So prayer gives you the strength to climb the mountain. When you feel stressed, run to your Savior. 